Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times. And we'll try to post something every day, usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. A quick reflection on the psalm from today's Mass some extraordinary words of Jesus, and why many of us seem to be feeling as if those extraordinary words are not enough right now. Those are the things on my mind on this Friday in this Easter season as we continue to thank God for the gift of his Son and all that he's accomplished for us, even as we continue to live through this crazy time of social distancing and longing to get out uh, back into the world. So first, the psalm. The psalm is Psalm 27, and the refrain is simply this. One thing I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord. And so there's this persistent theme throughout um, the psalms of this longing to be in God's presence, in a particular way, the longing to see God's face and to be present with him in his temple, which, of course, for the Jewish people, Um, is the place where God and his people meet. And so as I was reflecting on that this morning, and just the ache that is evident in the psalmist, uh, in this uh, psalm that we have today for Mass, it got me thinking about this simple truth. You and I, as disciples of Jesus, we have become the temple That's what St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the living God? What's the big deal about that? That means I don't have to go anywhere to meet God. God dwells in me. He abides in you. Like I've mentioned countless times, a priest mentor of mine used to say, the Holy Spirit lives in you and me the way heat lives in hot water. I don't have to travel to a far distant land to go on a pilgrimage to meet God. I can, wherever I am right now at this moment, be in an intimate encounter with the living God because he's in me and he's in you. So let's just reflect for a moment on some really extraordinary words of Jesus. So remember this passage in Revelation 3. Uh, It's Revelation 3. Uh, verse 20, where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. That's a promise. You know, we, we often use um, that painting, you know, that people have uh, perhaps many times seen. It's a painting from an English Uh, artist back in the 19th century, I believe it is, where Jesus is standing at a door uh, with a lantern in his hand. And the the interesting thing about the painting is that there's no doorknob on the outside, the point being that we have to open the door ourselves to allow the Lord to come in. But, you know, that's a truth right now. Like the Lord is at this very moment standing, knocking at the door of your heart and of mine right now at this very moment, asking whether or not he can come in ever more intimately 
and deeply into your life and into mine? Or what about the promise that we, we know so well, perhaps, from Matthew 28, uh, verse 20, where Jesus says, Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you. That's his promise. He's with you and me right now. I don't have to go anywhere. Even if the churches are locked right now, even if I can't get to adoration, even if I can't do some favorite devotion that I have, most especially if I can't get to Mass, which most of us can't, the Lord says he is with us right now. Or how about these three promises in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, first, uh, verse 15 and 16. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, right now, at this moment, like the Spirit's in you. Or just a couple verses later, in verse 18, Jesus says, I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. That's a promise. I will not leave you orphans, is another translation. Or finally, how about this in verse uh, 23 of John 14? Jesus answered him, If a man loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Right now. Like, that's a promise from the Lord. He's just promised us Trinitarian indwelling. He's told us that he will come in and eat with us, that he and his Father will come, that his Spirit will will be present to us, and he will not leave us orphans. These are extraordinary promises and ones that are worth holding on to right now in the midst of this ache that so many of us, I know, are experiencing because we do not have access to Mass and to the sacraments. Which leads to this third point. Why is it that even though these are Promises made by God who does not lie, who is always faithful. Why is it that these extraordinary words aren't enough for many of us right now? Well, that's what leads me to the gospel. So today we begin uh, John chapter 6. We're not going to have it tomorrow because it's the Feast of St. Mark, but we're going to pick it back up again on Monday. And for those of us who might uh, not be familiar, John 6 is... Uh, the story of the multiplication of the loaves and then Jesus's teaching uh, in an extended fashion on the extraordinary gift that he gives us, namely his flesh and his blood to be real food and real drink. So the irony right now is we're going to be reflecting on this extraordinary passage of the Eucharist and most of us will not have access to the Eucharist. Why is it that we're experiencing so much anguish over no access to the sacraments, even though we've had these amazing promises from Jesus? Well, here's why I think it is. It, it, there's a great little book called A Key to the Doctrine of the Eucharist by a, an English uh, Dominican, I believe he is, named uh, Abbot Vanier. And in this book, which I always used to use when I would teach RCIA, he, he would say this. He says, you know, it's often, um, it's often rightly noted that there's two ways of coming into contact with God. I mean, 
faith in the sacraments, and sacraments are not magic, they presuppose faith. But if faith is a real way of getting into access with God, why are sacraments needed? Or we might say today, why is it that despite these promises that Jesus makes, despite the truth that you and I are temples of the living God, that the Spirit dwells in us, that we can have intimate conversation right now with God, why is it that we're still wanting more? Well, here's what Vanier says, drawing uh, much on St. Thomas Aquinas. He says, the reasons given by Catholic theologians for the presence in the Christian dispensation of these external signs of internal faith, that is to say the sacraments, are chiefly psychological. I've always loved this. Man's nature, being what it is, sacraments are indispensable to a full life of faith. And he goes on to say, Thomas gives a threefold reason for the institution of the sacraments, but the reason is really one man's psychology. The factors are these. First, the condition of man's nature, that is, he's a composite of spirit and sense, or matter, we would say. Second, man's estate, which is slavedom to material things, only to be remedied by the spiritual power inside material thing. And third, man's activities so prone to go astray in external interests. I don't know about you, but gosh, does that resonate with me? We are not pure spirits, right? I'm not an angel. I'm a body and a spirit together, right? That's who we are as human beings. That's why words are not enough. I don't want to just hear, I love you. I want to, I want to express it somehow. I want someone to express it to me somehow. That's why marriage, uh, you don't just say the words, I love you. You show it somehow. You give each other gifts. It might be a ring. It might be chocolate. It might be a necklace. It might be the gift of yourself, uh, in bodily union, but it's because words are not enough. God knows that. That's why he gives us sacraments. Or we're, we're enslaved to material things. Maybe it's just me, but gosh, does that resonate. Or we're prone to go astray in external interests. And finally, in the sacraments, we find a true bodily exercise which works out for our salvation. Take something even as simple as an altar call. Why do, why do so many places who are not Catholic, why do they do altar calls? Why not just sit in your pew and respond to God? Because the body wants to respond to what I've heard, to the proclamation of the gospel, to the invitation to surrender. This is who we are as human beings. Peter Kreft in his uh, extraordinary book, Jesus Shock, which, gosh, if you're looking for something to read right now in this crazy time, Pick this thing up. It's about, I don't know, 180 pages or so. You'll fly through it. The whole book could just be immersed in a highlighter. But here's, here's what he says at one point. He says, um, going again to the question, like, why are sacraments so important for us? He says, Protestants believe that the sacraments are like ladders that God gave to us by which we can climb up to God. But Catholics believe they are like ladders that God gave to himself by which he climbs down to us. A little bit later, he goes on to say, we believe as Catholics that the sacraments are the answer to Kierkegaard's question of how we can cross over 2,000 years and become, quote-unquote, contemporary with Christ, or rather, how Christ crosses over and becomes contemporary with us. The answer is that we meet not just spiritually and subjectively in our minds, 
we meet materially and objectively in and through the matter of the sacraments. Matter matters, he says. And that's the reason why I think right now so many of us are experiencing an ache. Because matter matters. So one day soon, please God, when churches are open and we're going to figure out new ways to receive communion while maintaining all the standards that we need to to keep people safe, we're going to be able to feed again on the Eucharist. And that's going to be hopefully an experience that will be ever more enriched because of this time of longing and absence that we've had because matter matters and we're not just angels or we're not angels at all. We're not just spirits. We long for something physical and the Eucharist is physical. It's tangible. But even still, let's ask the Lord to help us understand that the intimacy that he allows us is real right now. It's not fictive. It's not make-believe. Jesus promised, I'm with you always. His Spirit dwells in you and me. You don't have to go anywhere to encounter God. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So do not be afraid. God is with you. You were born for this. 